it says, as Jesus was saying these things, a woman in the crowd called out, Blessed is the mother who gave you birth and nursed you. But listen to what Jesus says. Blessed rather are those who hear the word of God and obey it. He doesn't deny that his mother is blessed. But he says, I'll tell you of a greater blessing. People who hear my word, obey my word, and are regenerated. Blessed are those people. Today on the Songtime broadcast, we'll continue our study here in the Song of Mary the Magnificent as Kent Hughes points out this one line and its later sort of uh, connection, how Mary says that all generations will call her blessed. Stay tuned for that message. You won't want to miss it. But first, we'll continue our conversation with Steph Williams, who has an excellent new book, perfectly in time for Christmas, for the little ones and the children in your life. The many voices are coming together for that one message. I'm your host, Adam Miller. You're listening to Songtime Radio. I remember when I was a kid growing up, my dad was a pastor, and every year for Christmas, it seemed that he would get at least one new tie from somebody, whether it was someone in the family or it was someone in our church. Uh, it seemed that uh, that was just a thing that you get pastors. In fact, it's actually pretty hard to shop for my dad even to this day. Even though he doesn't wear ties, he's tried to, to uh, you know pass them all down to me. But uh, I got to tell you, I have a lot of ties myself. In fact, for me, for a long time there, um, a little confession, I used to be collecting Argyle socks. I would wear those all the time. And I actually had to tell my family a few years ago, please stop buying me Argyle socks because I have way more than I could even fit in my drawer. Um, So eventually you accumulate way more than you actually need. The same could be said of children. It seems that uh, children's books are a dime a dozen. In fact, they really are a dime a dozen. You can find so many uh, cheap children's books, and it can be so that uh, children have way more books than I even have on my shelves, and I have quite the library of books in my office. Well, our guest today is Steph Williams, and she's written yet another Christmas children's book for your child or the child in your life. Uh, the book is called The Christmas Surprise, and uh, Steph, with, with so many books already on the shelf and kids with so many books to their name, uh, why should they pick up a copy of your book? Um, I think it's it's a very simple retelling which should work really well for a young age, and it can be hard to find that because we do tend to aim things a bit high. Um, yeah, it's it's an enjoyable story, so there's a lot of expression in it. And yeah, the feedback that I've had, people have you know sent comments or made comments online, and children do engage with that, with telling a story in a really kind of with good storytelling and rhetoric. So um, yeah, I think children will enjoy it. And the aim is just to put the message across simply to them in a way that they will enjoy and therefore want to read again. Um, and you know, if you if you buy the book to give to someone else as well, there are notes at the back, um, notes to grown ups, which explain a bit more fully the context and the story of the Bible. So it's a great thing that you can give away to friends as well who might not have as much of a Christian background or might not know the Lord. Um, mm. Yeah. One of the things I loved about uh, reading books to my nieces and nephews was the fact that uh, they would basically have the books memorized and they'd still want me to read them to them. And so every once in a while I'd change the words, but that's not the right story. You know, like, they, they, couldn't, they couldn't read per se, 
but they knew based on each page what the story already said. So there's a richness to that too, where the, the continuation and the repetition is actually embedding this story into their soul. Yeah, that's true. And there's another reason why we have to have stories that we kind of enjoy as an adult, because you have to read them hundreds and hundreds of times. But yeah, I think it's it's something you can't really, you have to put a value on buying books for children, especially Christian books, because it does have an impact, doesn't it? I, as a parent, I kind of think, well, yeah, it's it's worth it, because it's something that's going to help teach them. And, and stories do teach in a really, really powerful way, and, and help them me- me- remember it as well. Yeah. Okay. A little tip from an uncle. Well, after about the tenth book of reading to my nieces and nephews, I would, I would start reading the title page, and even the ISBN numbers and everything, uh, and the every every word and every letter I would read on the in the book, and eventually they'd get tired of, of hearing the title page, and <laughs> it was time to move on to playing with uh, blocks or something like that. Uh, a little tip from an uncle that I learned a long time ago, but uh, th- th- now the, the kids get a kick out of it. They're much older, so now they give me a book to read, and they, they're upset that if I don't read the title page. Uh, as a book that is centered in on the message of the gospel, uh, that is a message that I, th- I know parents really struggle with articulating to their children, and they, they're looking for resources. Is this a book that is going to be helpful in that regard? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I hope so. That's how we I've written it. Um, yeah, I think um, it's it's a challenge trying to tell that gospel story not in the same way every time and in a simple enough a way that they can understand. And um, yeah, the book is very much directed at the message that this is Jesus, the King who was promised. And um, in the books, we've also kind of looked at the idea of the fallen world and how you know some what resonates with people is that we are living in a broken world and part of the gospel message is that jesus is coming to fix things and heaven is the place where everything will be fixed and then it will run in the way that god wants it to in line with his character and his goodness and his design and so we've kind of included that in the books as well which i think is such a big part of the gospel message um and something that people can relate to um and it's just a good way of in a simple way kind of summarizing the goodness of god and what is really the gospel really means for us um so yeah um the book just very simply kind of explains that this is who was promised and this is what who was coming and that this is for everybody for them included as well but for everybody around the world I, I know that this is a an issue that many parents and grandparents experience every year during Christmas. The competition with, uh, with Tinseltown and with all the pomp and circumstance. What advice do you have for parents on how to take the time and find the opportunities to fit in the true meaning of Christmas into the their children's schedule? Yeah, I think it's important to plan because time can get overwhelmed with things. So having a regular time or planning a time in to spend time thinking about Christian things is really good. Um, also, you know, we can use some of those artistic elements that the rest of the world is using for Christmas, you know, and make it a bit more creative or using Advent calendars or boxes or things like that and making it exciting for the kids. I think there's a value in doing that. So we're showing that we're putting effort into that and that isn't as exciting. Sometimes that artistic element can help show this is something exciting we're looking at that is as exciting as the rest of the world. Um, and 
yeah, I guess it comes back to as well having stories that are going to tell this story in an exciting way and in a way that has an impact on them to really realise the the value of it. But mm. yeah, I mean, it it is challenged because Christmas is so busy, isn't it? And there are so many other things going on. But um, yeah, just prioritising some of the church events and spending time as a family and planning to spend time can be really great or choosing some books to work through or, a, you know, that kind of thing um, can be great for the kids. Mm. And, and it's really important. We've been talking with Steph Williams about her excellent new book for little children called The Christmas Surprise. And while I know that there are many books already on your children's shelf, don't miss the opportunity to get a copy of this one as it is uh, it is worth its weight in gold as it communicates the true meaning of Christmas even to young minds. It is never too early to start. This book is an excellent resource and it will capture your, the youngest in your family, your household, their imagination. It will really captivate them in understanding the truth of Christmas. You can find out more information about Steph Williams in her book, The Christmas Surprise, when you give us a call. It's 508-362-7070. I have to say, in lieu of the Christmas surprise, it has always been a surprise for me here at working at Songtime throughout the years of how God has kept this ministry going for as long as he has. I've been on staff here for the last 11 years, 11 plus years, and throughout all of that time, I have never been able to figure out how God has kept it going because it is difficult, and if not overwhelmingly challenging to see the the, the cost and the challenges of, of producing a program like this and to see how all of of our support, all of our finances are covered by you, our listeners. We never know where the ministry is going to go. Uh, we don't have any major benefactors that are keeping this broadcast on the air. We don't have a trust. There is nothing else other than listener support. So when I say that you really are the many voices for that one message, let me tell you, it's true. Without your support, without your contributions, this ministry would not continue. We've been here before. We get here just about every year. But every Christmas, I'm surprised at how God has blessed us so that we can continue to further his kingdom through this radio ministry. So let me challenge you. If you have been blessed by song time, would you let us know? Let us know that you're out there. Let us know that you're listening. Let us know that you care. If we can be a blessing in your life in the years ahead, let us know by by writing to us, send us a note, send us a prayer request, send us a little bit of support when you write to Songtime Radio, P.O. Box 100, Barnstable, Massachusetts, 02630, or give us a call. It's 508-362-7070. You can also head over to our website at songtime.com, where you can make a safe and secure donation online. Well, today we are continuing our study in Luke chapter 1 as we're looking at the Song of Mary, the Magnificat. This is the expression of her heart as she worships the God who has given her the gift of being the mother of the Son of God. It's a beautiful depiction of worship, of salvation, and an understanding of the gift of, of who Christ is for you and for me. Now, there is this one little phrase that that Mary makes, it says, from now on, all generations will call her blessed. We certainly have seen that true, 
But as she understands it and how she conveys it is truly a reminder of the blessing that you and I get get and receive by taking Christ in our own hearts. Here, continuing our study, is Kent Hughes with a closer look at Luke chapter 1. Her, her soul is magnifying the Lord because he's given attention to her need in her humble estate. That's where we begin. And then she gives another very personal reason. She says, verse 48, from now on, all generations will call me blessed or blessed. Now, you don't have to see any ego in that. She just said that he comes to her in her humble estate. And the idea from now on is for behold, I'm surprised. Look, all the generations are going to call me blessed. This is a revelation of God to her. Mary of Nazareth, no one knows her, says all the generations are going to call me blessed. And it is true. At least in Western civilization, there's no more used name than Mary, and there's none that has blessed attached to it more than Mary's name. And when you think about it, my wife and I were talking about it this last week. She was, she said, for her to realize that the child she had was God must have been so overwhelming. And we just reflected and talked about that. And you realize that when that child came and it was born, that it had her DNA. It had her genes. So she'd look at the baby and she'd see her mouth and her smile or the shape of his head. And when he got older began to walk, she'd see that characteristic gait. We I mean, talk about blessed. And she must have always felt that way. But I want you to hear something. And I want you to hear it again from Luke's Gospel, so I want you to turn over to the 11th chapter of the Gospel. Middle of that chapter, chapter 11, the context here is that Jesus has been accused of casting out uh, demons by Beelzebub. He rejects that. He affirms who he is. And after doing this, a woman sees him. And in verse 27, it says, As Jesus was saying these things, a woman in the crowd called out, Blessed is the mother who gave you birth and nursed you. She cries out, Blessed is your mother. That's the first occurrence of Mary being called blessed outside of herself and the Magnificat. But listen to what Jesus says. Blessed rather are those who hear the word of God and obey it. He says he doesn't deny that his mother is blessed. He doesn't say that. But he says, I'll tell you of a greater blessing. It's people who hear my word and obey it. People who hear my word, obey my word, and are regenerated. Blessed are those people. Now that ought to get your blood up for Christmas. Now Jesus, another place, this is the 25th chapter of Matthew, verse 34. You can just listen to it. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my Father, take your inheritance. The kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. Then you go to the Revelation, Revelation 26, 20 verse 6. 
Blessed and holy are those who have part in the first resurrection. That is you, children of grace. Is your heart enlarging the Lord? If that's not enough, you'll have the spiritual resemblance of Jesus. When we see Him, we shall be like Him, or we shall see Him as He is. But I don't think He's talking about the shape of the eye, or the smile, or the lines, or the gait. He's talking about His spiritual DNA, His purity, His character, the heart of Christ. This is what he's talking about. And brothers and sisters, it was right for Mary to celebrate that, to say, but behold, surprise, all generations are going to call me blessed. It's also proper for us to say, praise his name. My heart rejoices and enlarged with the Lord because he is going to call me blessed for eternity. Right before Mary breaks out in song in this magnificent, the song of Mary that we've been studying this week, there's this little encounter between her and Elizabeth. Quickly after she finds out that she's going to give birth to the Son of God, Mary runs to her cousin, Elizabeth, and and finds that she is already six months ready to give birth to a son as well. But when she arrives we see that Elizabeth is filled with the Holy Spirit and exclaims, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And and why is this granted to me, that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For behold, when the sound of your greeting came to my ears, the baby in my womb leapt for joy. And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. This is a beautiful expression of, 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 of acknowledging the gift that Mary has and how she will be called blessed in multiple generations. But I want to explain to you a little bit about this story. Elizabeth had her her own blessing. She was going to give birth to John, who would become John the Baptist, the prophet preparing the way of the Lord. But in her own heart, it wasn't until this moment that she is filled with the Holy Spirit and sees and acknowledges the beauty of who Mary is, that she would be the mother of the Son of God. But there is something more that is kicking inside of her. It's not just the Holy Spirit that reveals this to her. It is John the Baptist himself. Only six months old in her womb, he is already excited, jumping for joy that the Christ is there. It's a beautiful picture and a reminder of us, of the sanctity of life and the beautiful picture of God's uh, involvement and even direction in the life of an unborn child. And here, John the Baptist declares for all to hear and for you and for me that the Christ, he recognized the Christ. He recognized Jesus even while he was still in his mother's womb. Will you recognize the the sovereignty and the glory and the wonder of who Christ is? Will you really surrender your life over to him? Will you allow him to have rule and reign over your heart and your desires and your direction? And in this, we have an amazing proclamation of the gospel. Will you choose to follow the one 
who others have recognized throughout all of history as the only one who can save mankind. As we look at the story of John the Baptist, the story of Jesus, story of Mary and Elizabeth, we are reminded of the importance of holding fast to these truths and passing them on to the next generation. Now, we as a ministry are trying and striving to do that every single day, but it's only made possible by your love, your prayers, and your support. Later on today, I will go on and get my prime rib sandwich, but uh, that is made possible because of your generosity. Send in your donation, especially today and this month, as a end-of-the-year donation for the Prime Rib Sandwich Fund. Write to us here at Songtime at P.O. Box 100, Barnstable, Massachusetts, 02630, or give us a call. It's 508-362-7070. You can also head over to our website at songtime.com, or you can look us up on social media. Don't forget to tune in again tomorrow. We'll continue to unpack the Song of Mary as we ourselves desire to worship the Lord our God in spirit and in truth. If you took away the omnipresence of Christ and he traveled around, that he would be greatly, greatly saddened as he looked for people who were worshiping. I'm not sure he'd find it in the great cathedrals, but may he find it in our hearts. On behalf of everyone here at Songtime and our late founder, Dr. John DeBrine, who has always encouraged you to grow in grace so that you won't groan in disgrace, we want to thank you for listening. From Cape Cod, I'm Adam Miller with our theme verse, Luke 2, 14. Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace among those with whom he is pleased.